Good evening and welcome to Only Believe Ministries. If you would stand to your feet, we've come to worship the Lord tonight. Amen. How many of you were here last night in the service? Yes, amen. I was with you via live stream. It was a beautiful service. Mr. Winston had an awesome word. How many of you have made it here all week long? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the serious ones right there. I'm just saying. I, I pooped out last night, but that's all right. I'm back tonight. Let's worship together and praise the Lord today, all right? Let's give him some praise. Go ahead, team. Let's start.
shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing Just keep giving that what the word that you get from the Lord. Keep giving, giving, and God will provide. He will care for your children. He will keep providing and providing.
cry, these bones will sing.
Hallelujah. You can take my life, but you aren't going to take my praise. Amen. Hallelujah. You can take my freedom, but you aren't going to take my praise. Amen. Hallelujah. You can take what looks to be my future, but you can't take my praise. Come on. In it is a proclamation that God will be God no matter where you put me, what you do to me. I will lift up my hands from the darkest corners of where I have been put and I will declare that God is God. He is the faithful and his praises shall rise up out of my belly in the early of the mornings, in the dinner times, in the noon times, and in the evening times. And I will not be silent and I will not be still because God is on my side. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, when we get into places, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. That's all right. Just stay right there. Because the Holy Ghost is on your side. He knows just where the enemy is, Hebrews 4.13. He is not hid from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost can see what he's preparing and he can deliver us from the snare of the fowler. He can snatch us out of the entrapment of the enemy. He can give us a word that will still the enemy. He can give us a word that will open a door that has never been there. He can give us a thought that will give birth to something supernatural. Listen, God has not forsaken us. God is on your side and if you're here tonight, you know what, no matter what, you've been going through no matter how long you've been there there is a deliverer in the house and his name is Jesus come on shout hallelujah hallelujah glory to God hallelujah I've heard people say don't look at me just hear what I believe that's right don't look at me just hear what I believe because you know what looks can be deceiving amen looks can be deceiving but I tell you what, we got a God that is on our side. We got a God that is about to do something that has never been done. Remember, every moment, even in, in this Pentecost, every night has moved us into something new, into a different place. Faith is being breathed into us, refreshed, repaired, resurrected, brought up. Hallelujah. And it's being encouraged, as it were. It's been just filled praise God, with adrenaline of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, I believe tonight is a night that God is going to bring a crescendo to everything that we've been hearing and to everything that we've been believing for. And I don't mean this just religiously. Tonight is my night. I mean, bless God, tonight is my night. Tonight is my night, praise God. Hallelujah. I've been saturating this place with praise, but I'll tell you what, God is about to do something. Brother Winston said this last night. He said, you know, prayers will bring angels on the scene, but praise will bring God on the scene. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope you're ready for something tonight because I believe that it's already here. I believe it's already working. Just like we said last night, that woman that came forth that, that had two uh, brain tumors that was uh, on uh, live streaming Sunday. She said, you called out a tumor. I jumped up, put my clothes on, jumped in my car and drove to Bakken's. And she said, I came in here tonight. I couldn't raise my arm, but now I can raise my arm. Listen to me. I'm telling you, God is working something in the midst of his people. Amen. Hallelujah. So just let God do what God does best. And he just does God's stuff. He just does God's stuff. And I believe he's going to transform our lives tonight. And I don't believe we're going to leave the way that we come. I believe we're going to be touched tattooed, revolutionized, remodeled, reclaimed, refreshed, lifted up, wiped off, cleansed, set on a solid rock, and that we, yeah, yeah, somebody, yeah, 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 hallelujah, praise God, I believe that God is dusting us off, because we're about to be presented to our families, our community, our workplaces, as a testimony of what God can do. Come on, a testimony of what God can do. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's receive our tithe and offering. Now remember, we have a guest speaker. Brother Ronnie Harrison is in the house. And I tell you, you know he's just going to preach the house down. That you Now, no, no, we are not casting votes that I lose my job Sunday. Yeah, he, we're sending him back to where he come from. So you're left with me. So, but he's going to be preaching the house down tonight. And I'll tell you what, I believe he's got a word from God. And I believe that God has touched his lips from a coal from the altar. And I believe he's going to speak a word to our house. And we're going to receive an offering at the end of the service for Brother Ronnie. And so I want you tonight to do your best in both offerings. You know, I always think like this. Phyllis always says, if you give pastor money, he's broke before he gets to the car on Sunday morning. I said, it's just my nature to give it away. She said, it's my nature not to give you any. But I'm believing God's going to transform her. Amen. Hallelujah. So tonight, uh, get your uh, offering and tithes and offerings ready for the house. Let's pray over it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I join my faith with every individual. God, even those that are holding what seems to be a handful of grain. God, those that have resigned in their minds that God, nothing can deliver me from where I'm at. But God, I'm going to sow a seed because it is the only thing that I can do in the midst of this famine and this barren ground. But God, I know that Historically, the people of righteousness are never forsaken and their seed never begged for bread. And God, I thank you for this seed because my seed is a big enough seed to do what you need to do on my behalf. And God, I loose my faith and I know that you've loosed my harvest. And I give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering.
evening. Only believe live streamers. We're so excited that you guys have tuned in. We are taking our tithes and offerings tonight in the house, and we're just we're inviting you right now to participate, join in, link your faith with us, and begin to sow your seed tonight. And uh, you know we're having a week of Pentecost. We're seeing that God used to do miracles. Uh, the messages have been inspiring and powerful, and God has been showing up. And I hope that you guys have been blessed and you've been challenged and inspired and spirit filled. I mean, after all, that's what Pentecost is all about. It's about being filled with the Spirit of God to be empowered for the mission of God. So um, write us in or email us, um, um, you know, message us on Facebook and tell us about what God's doing in your life so that we can join our faith with yours and see God touch you in mighty ways. We're believing for miracles for you. We're believing for you to have financial increase. We're believing for God to give you signs and wonders right in your living room. We're believing that God's going to show up and bring healing to your home and to your children, to your family. When you watch and you tune in live and you sow your seed and you give and participate with what we're doing here. The miracles that are in this house are then released into your house. And I'm just inviting you right now, join in, link your faith, believe and give tonight like you've never given before. And we're going to believe for you. We're going to pray for you. We want to we see God do miracles for you. And uh, tell us what God is doing. Tell us the good news. And uh, we're going to... We're gonna, we want, to, we want to tell everybody about the good news of Jesus. And when you sow into us, you help us do that. You help us take this to the world. And we want, to, we want you to take this to the world. Take it to your coworkers. Invite them to LinkedIn. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, Instagram. And let us know where you're at, what you're going through, so that we can link our faith with yours and see God show up and show out in big ways. Amen and amen. say except to get ready get ready some look at your name and say get ready hallelujah your neighbor don't move during the service please call 911 they don't lift up their hands they don't smile they might be dead spiritually or physically that's for God to determine amen now look I just believe that God is going to do something tonight. I mean that. I believe that the ground has been turned. I believe our hearts and the soil has been prepared. And I believe that there is just an injection of revelation and faith. Faith, faith, faith is going to rise up. Hallelujah. Praise God. So without any further ado, I want you to stand to your feet and let's give the friend of this house, Pastor Ronnie Harrison, a good round of applause.
Well, somebody give God a big, 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 big praise in the house tonight. Come on, I can't hear you. Somebody lift up a praise in here tonight. If you believe God is about ready to do something great in your life, anybody come expecting tonight. It is, once again, an incredible gift and pleasure and honor to be here tonight. I absolutely adore your pastor. What a giant. Just slap your neighbor a high five and tell him you're in a good spot tonight. You're in a good spot tonight. I want you to remain standing with me for a few moments as we... I'm a little old-fashioned. I like to stand for the reading of the Word. And I want you to get your Bible and turn to an ancient book, Hosea. The book of Hosea. Now, don't act like you've been reading over in Hosea. But tonight, we're going to do our very best to unpack what it is that God has given me to say. It is always an honor to be here, to see some of you that I, I see every time I get to town. And what a blessing it is to be a part of Pentecost Conference. Have you received this week? Amen. Well, I, I wondered, you know, sometimes preachers don't do you much of a favor. I mean, when you have me after Dr. Winston, that's not fair. But I feel as if I am on assignment tonight. I feel like kingdom business is about to go down in here tonight. And I don't know why you came, but I believe when we leave here... This evening we will leave saying we've been in the presence of the Lord. Father, we ask you over the next few moments that you would hide us behind your cross. Lift us above our ability. Set our feet on a higher place. Allow us to prophesy your word in season tonight to your people. Let your glory fill this house. Let us be changed by it and for it we will give you all the praise. Hosea chapter 6. I want to read the first three verses. It begins this way. Come and let us return to the Lord. For He hath torn and He will heal us. He hath smitten and He will bind us up. After two days He will revive us. And in the third day He will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Verse 3, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain to the earth. And he shall come to us like the rain, the latter and the former rain to the earth. I want to talk just for a moment tonight on the subject, when it rains, it pours. I want you to just tell four or five folk are standing around you tonight, just tell them when it rains, oh, hallelujah. 
You may be seated. Matt, looks like Matt's got it. Say it again. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, Now, y'all know I can't stay on that platform. That's right. And so I'm going to get down here with you. Is that all right? I like to be able to run and touch you and jump the pews. My preaching daddy was a pew walker. And uh, I don't know what would get on him, but man, he'd take off down the backs of the pews. I don't know if I'll get that wild tonight, but I might. Amen. I believe this tonight, and let me just set the stage. I won't be long, but I want to declare something over you. I believe that we serve a God of seasons. Daniel said that our God changes the times and the seasons. So if you don't like the season you've been in, if it's been a little dry in the season you've been, and I came to prophetically declare to you, there is rain in the forecast. I feel you, Holy Ghost. Just touch your neighbor and say, there's rain in the forecast. The word changes there in Daniel simply means like a seamstress that is hemming a garment. God has a way of taking a season that doesn't fit you, that you're uncomfortable, that you can't seem to find your place and your way. And like a seamstress, He'll come along uh, during a prophetic word and He'll begin to alter that garment. I believe when you leave here tonight, that heaviness that has been upon you is about to be replaced with a garment of divine and glorious praise. Hallelujah. I believe that we are in, in the body of Christ, that we are in a season where God is shifting some things, changing some things, and bringing some things to pass. He is forecasting for the body of Christ that there is rain, that our season is shifting, that the weather patterns that we've been enduring in our personal and our corporate lives, that weather pattern is about to receive a divine adjustment. I believe that we're in a season where God is releasing Himself in glorious waves across the body of Christ. I'm seeing the greatest miracles I've ever seen. 25 years just celebrated in February. 25 years of full-time ministry. I've never seen miracles like we're seeing them. I've never seen God fall like a blanket upon His people. I came to tell you tonight that the best of the church is not behind us. The best of our lives is standing right in. Oh, Lord, let faith arise in this house. Our best is in front of us. You say that with me. There's rain in the forecast. Understand, because God exists in all three time tenses of our life, He's in our past, gloriously redeeming us. He's in our present, making all things work together for our good. And He's also standing in our future. So God is not forecasting like your local weatherman. I don't know if your weatherman's like my weatherman, but half the time, at least, whatever He says, it's exactly the opposite of that, but God's forecast is actually a 
backcast because he's standing in our future and he's saying come on the weather's nice there's rain in your forecast I'm not telling you what I hope's happening I'm standing in your future and prophetically declaring it's raining in your future hallelujah the church cannot live without the glory, without the reign of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but I'm not comfortable just coming to church and going through the motions. I'm not comfortable just having a nice service and being taught a nice lesson and returning to the life I've decided to live. I need something that irrevocably shifts, adjusts, and changes my life. I need a demonstration of power that shifts my life into a new season with God. Hallelujah. The church has got to begin to make a demand upon God once again. We've become masters of mechanical irrigation. We've tapped into past moves of God and tried to bring remnants forward. But I want to tell you, our God is a right now God. He is a present God. He is a God that is active and moving in our lives. And He's come once again in these latter days to release a deluge and a downpour of absolute glory that changes the course of our futures when the glory comes everything changes I said when the power and the demonstration of God comes it'll wreck our minds it'll adjust our lives it'll change our actions it'll make us it'll remake us hallelujah you're not going to be better for it you're going to be new for it How many of you are tired of something that makes you better? I don't want an improvement on an old model. I want you to do something absolutely brand new from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'm ready for something to change my life. Hallelujah. When it rains, it pours. 2018 has been a record year of rainfall in the natural. All over the country and around the world, we've received record rain. I read about one little town in Hawaii. It's called Hanalei on the island of Kauai. Received 49 inches of rain in a 24-hour period. If you're adding that up, that's four feet of rain in one day. What I'm talking to you about, what's about to happen, is not a sprinkle that makes you feel good. I'm talking about a deluge that washes, that reforms, that renews, that refreshes your life in a dimension you've never received it before. The heart cry from the church has got to be once again, Lord, let it rain. We've walked through the wilderness. We've done it our way. We've attempted to do it the way we want to do it. Now we're standing asking you, let it rain again in our lives, we pray. The prophet Jose is peering through the telescope of time into the future and he is beginning to declare A season that is going to fall upon the body of Christ. And he begins his discourse in a profound way. And I want to draw your attention to the first few words of verse number 1, Hosea 6. And I want you to hear it through the corridors 
of your life. I want you to wake up tomorrow hearing it. I want you to go to bed tonight hearing it. I want it to create a draw and a pull on your life that you cannot resist. You know what? I believe in an irresistible God. I believe God can come so strong that despite our walls and despite our rebuttals, He makes it through each and every wall we put up and says, I won't be kept out. I won't be kept at bay I am here to be who I am in your life hear these words I want them to ring through your life tonight hear Hosea as he calls to the children of Israel and he says come let us return to the Lord Oh, what better message could we hear in these last days in the body of Christ than these? Come on, let's go back to God. We have drifted in our morality. We've drifted in our doctrine. We have become like those lizards that that kind of blend in to their surroundings. We have fit in and we have adjusted to be politically correct while we serve a God that sits on the throne and still declares you're not supposed to be like anybody else. You are a peculiar people. You are a holy nation. And I am calling you out again so that you may possess power in the earth. Come on. Hear the rally cry. Come on. Let's go back to God. Let's make a return to the Lord. This is the royal invitation. Just touch your neighbor and say, you got invited. You didn't get left out on the invitation. You got invited. You in your mess and you in your sin and you in your bondage. You too. You got invited. You know the worst thing? It's for people you know and love to get invited to something you don't get invited to. My wife loves to entertain. We have a beautiful home for entertaining. And the problem is she can't never know who to leave off the list. So every time we get together, there's like 60, 70 people at our house. Can't you just have somebody over? Not everybody. Yeah. Amen. She says, I'm, I'm afraid of leaving somebody off the list. These people, then you got to invite those people. You know how it is. Well, if you invite them, then you, you got to invite them. When God makes an invitation, you know what I love about God? He's so big, He invites everybody. You got ears to hear. You're invited. I don't care what you've been through. I didn't try to clarify who I was talking to. I'm letting everybody know it's time to go back to God. Come on. Let's return to the Lord. The church has got to go back to God. We've stayed too long on the fringes. We've been too concentrated on His hand that we've missed His heart. We want Him to do for us, but we do not want to shoulder the responsibility of our kingdom assignments. God says, come on. It's time to go back to God. Oh, but pastor, I've been playing games. Well, game time is over. Let's go back to God. You've been existing on the fringes.
It's time for us to go back to God. Come on, hear the royal invitation. Listen, you can't come to God anytime you want. That's right. Amen. Y'all pray for these folks. Let me work over here for just a minute. I'll come back. I'll work on you. Come on, you can't come to God anytime you want. I think the church is under a misguided perception that anytime we feel like it, we can run back to God. Your Bible says no man can come to the Father unless he is drawn. Hallelujah. I pray tonight that God puts a hook in your heart and no matter how resistant you are, you cannot resist His invitation. Come on, let's go back to God. Yeah, hallelujah. Can come to him when you want. You've got to be drawn. And you know what? That word drawn is significant because it means to drag, lift, or carry. That's what I would call a forceful invitation. I said, I don't care. You can't walk, I'll drag you. You can't come by yourself, I'll lift you. You can't walk, I'll carry you. One way or another, you're coming back. You're coming back to me. You're coming back to your first love. You're coming back to your obsession. Hallelujah with my presence. Come on. Let's go back to God. Yeah, man. The prodigal. You remember the story, ask daddy for his inheritance. I know you've heard this a million times. Let me be one million and one. But sin will always take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. And cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay. The Bible says that he woke up one day in the pig pen. And this is the significant portion of that story, he says, and he came to himself. Can I tell you, you can't come to God until you come to yourself. We hide behind our masks. Sunday morning has been a Halloween party in the body of Christ while we all come in with our masks sheltering ourselves from showing who we really are. That we're in a mess. That our marriages aren't really that great. That we're in a financial struggle. That we're in a physical battle. But we tell everybody that we're fine and everything's okay. And what happens is because we can't get honest, we can't get free. Come on, who am I talking to? We want everybody to know a certain thing about us. We want to put off a certain air. But beneath all of that, we're wounded and we're hurting. And we're in need and we're frustrated. But until you come to yourself, you'll never be able to run back to God. At some point, honest inventory has to be taken. We've got to look into the perfect law of liberty and understand what kind of people we have become and come to ourselves. Yeah. Amen. You've got to come to yourself first. There's got to be an understanding of who we really are. The church has lost its sense of need. The reason we've lost our passion is because we've lost our sense of need. I came up in the 70s. I know I don't look that old, but praise the Lord. I'm a 70s baby. I came up in a holiness church in the 70s. 
And boy, you talk about this was one wild place. I mean, we were holy rollers because we we rolled. Hallelujah. They ran the aisles and the backs of the pews and shouted and danced and cast out devils. I remember sitting underneath the pew watching my daddy cast out in the 70s. Look, you didn't know what was going to happen in church. Amen. But I know this. Our old folks would come in the building and son, some of them folks, you, when they just walked by, the hair on the back of your neck would stand up tall. You had to repent on your way to church. You didn't wait till the altar because in the foyer, one of our old folks would grab you and say, hey, God told me what you've been up to. They raised children in clan style. You didn't have to ask permission to whoop nobody's kid. Come here and let me whoop you. Amen. But there was such a hunger. They didn't wait, and, and we, we were kind of like the black church. We were hillbillies, so we had an approximate start time. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go to the black church, they start about an hour late every time. What are y'all doing? Well, I don't know. We're fixing something or setting up drums or bringing in an organ, you know, the black church all the time. We were just the same way. And the old folks would get around the front of the building and they, they, they didn't even have to pray. They just started going, oh, just moaning in the spirit. It was eerie. Boy, if you weren't spiritual, you didn't want to be in the sanctuary. But there was a passion that exuded out of their praise and their prayer that was tangible. You get around it, you start hung, getting hungry too. You start getting thirsty Two, what's happened in the body of Christ is we're so blessed we don't need to be passionate. We're so blessed that we've ceased to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Hear Him call to you tonight. Come on. Let's go back to the Lord. Let's go back to our first love. Amen. The royal invitation. Come on. You remember when Jesus was calling his disciples? You know, when I read, because I'm, I'm a leadership kind of guru. I, I love leadership. I love teaching it. I love raising up leadership. I read about it all the time. When you read about Jesus and his ministry, it's frustrating. Because of the simplicity of his ass. Man, pastors nowadays, we, we got to get fancy to sell to our people. Jesus was passing by. They were fishing. They were doing what their daddy did, what their daddy's daddy did, what they were going to pass on to their children. They were fishermen, and they were fishing. And I want you to hear the simplicity of his ask, but how profoundly powerful and all-consuming it can be. Listen to him as he says, come and follow me. There wasn't a paragraph. He didn't sit down and have a vision meeting. He didn't have to convince them. Hallelujah. He said, come on, follow me. There was no deliberation. They didn't sit down and have a conversation. Here's what happened. And straightway, they left their nets 
and they followed him. Everybody say straightway. Hillbilly for straightway is immediately, if not sooner. Hallelujah. What happens to us is God puts his hand on us and we sense that gift of grace at work on our hearts. But we are professional procrastinators. I'll do it another time. I'll do it when I get stuff together. I'll do it when it's more convenient. The Bible says, and straight way they left their nets and they went chasing after God. My prayer in here tonight is that there is no putting it off. There is an absolute determination to respond to the invitation of God. Don't misunderstand. To come to Him, you'll have to leave something behind. Our problem is we want to come to God, but we don't want to leave nothing to do it. I'll, I'll preach to y'all in just a second. Come, we don't want to leave nothing to do it. Amen. We want to come to God, but we don't want to quit nothing. We don't want to give nothing up. We don't want to break nothing off. We don't want to stop going nowhere. We don't want to stop doing anything. We want to come to God because we want the blessings and benefits of our kingdom citizenship. But we do not want the responsibility of changing our life or being transformed into His image. Listen, if you carry your nets, you know what baggage does? Collects baggage. Your baggage... We'll do nothing but collect bags. Can you imagine them trying to carry the, those nets into their future? All of the rocks and debris, the sticks that would get caught, the heavier those nets would become. That's what happens when you try to carry your past into your future. I'm telling you, His invitation is an opportunity for you to leave something in the rear view and chase Him into your experience. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to leave something. Come on, you got to leave something. You can't come to him carrying all that baggage. You got to leave something behind. When did we get to the place that we were so pious that we think we know better? Amen. I have four beautiful teenagers. 17, 16, 14, 13, boy, girl, boy, girl. Handful of little Choctaw Indians. It's something trying to raise them to understand that if I ask you to do something, please understand that from my vantage point, of a whole lot more miles and a whole lot more experience. I'm only asking you to do that because I believe that's what's best for you. When did we in the body of Christ start thinking that God was going to ask us to do something that was not in our best interest in the first place? When did we get a better idea? When did we get so stiff-necked and determined in our course that we cannot adjust to follow when the wind hits our sails. I'm here to prophesy to this church and tell you there is a shift in the weather pattern over this house and there is rain in the forecast. 
Come on! Let's return to the Lord. His invitations are powerful. You remember when he sent the disciples into the ship across the Sea of Galilee to the other side? Your Bible says that in the middle, a storm came. Isn't it something that the devil always knows how to attack and when to attack? He'll get you right in the middle. How many of you ever had him attack you right in the middle of something? If he had waited just a minute, you'd have been already close to your destination. But he knows how to get you right in the middle. You're too far to go back, and it seems almost too far to go forward. The Bible says that Jesus came walking on the waves. What an example. I love it when Daddy does it in front of me because when I see him do it, you understand that faith was already arising in the life of Peter before Jesus ever said a word. Because when you watch God, faith rises. You begin to watch him move, faith rises. But then Jesus said the impossible. He said, come to me. Hold on a second. I don't think I can. There was none of those responses. Your Bible said Peter got out of the boat and took a step toward God. Anytime you move towards God's invitation, He gives you the power to make the impossible advance. Say impossible advance. I'm telling you, your first step is about to shift your life into a new faith dimension. We talk about the failure of Peter. We talk about him almost drowning. But do you know he's got a story for the rest of his life? No, y'all talk about me drowning. Let me talk about the few steps I took on the water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before he calls, you can't. But when he calls, you can. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, my impossible becomes absolutely possible. I'm here to tell somebody in this room what has been an impossibility for you is about to turn around for your good. God is about to turn your can't into a can. Come on! Let's return to the Lord. This is the invitation that every one of us have to deal with. Amen. You know the invitations you get that come with an RSVP? Hey, you, you got to respond. You have to reply. You know a lot of times when we don't want to step with God, what we do is try to refuse to respond at all. I'm telling you tonight, you don't have any choice. You're going to have to respond to what God is trying to draw you out of and what He's trying to release you into. Come on. Let us return to the Lord. Now the word return, let's focus there for a minute because you can't return someplace. You've never been before. So he's calling us back to something that is essential for going forward. Sometimes you got to go back to your future. You've got to return 
before you can go forward. God said, I'm not bringing you back someplace you've been. I'm bringing you back to my original purpose and intent for your life. You're going back to Genesis 1-1. I'm about to form you in my image and in my likeness. I'm about to make you look like I do. I'm about to transform you from the way you talk and the way you walk and the way you reach and the way you touch. I'm about to move in your life if you will return. Genesis 1 let us make man in our image let us make man in our likeness let us give him dominion so he said I'm going to make you like me in more than just the way you look I'm going to make you act like me dominion is the action of God God said I've watched you run in fear from the circumstances and situations of your life. But I'm about to flip the script. When the rain falls, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to put dominion back in your words. I'm going to give you the power to look at your situation. And instead of other people naming what you're going through, I'm going to give you the power through your voice to name your season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's return to the Lord. Then watch what Hosea says. It says, He hath torn. I like it that he doesn't stop there. And he will heal. You have to understand that the breaking is part of your process. Boy, that didn't go over too good. Let me, let me work on it just a minute. The, the breaking seasons. Some of you are walking through one right now. Your mind is tormented. Your spirit is burdened. You are walking through a season that feels like it's pulling you in pieces. The word torn there in the Hebrew literally means to pull into pieces. Some of you are walking through seasons right now where it feels like your life is being torn into pieces. But here's what you need to know. When you look in the mirror and you start your day, you need to understand you are only torn where you're weak. Let me work on this. You're only torn where you were weak. Amen. God would have never allowed the adversary to put his hands on you in the first place if he didn't want to deal with a particular weakness in your life. Hallelujah. What the devil doesn't know is that every place he tears you, healing is about to be released. And when you are healed, you're coming back stronger than you were before you got torn. You're about to come back armor-plated. The devil would have wished he would have never touched you like that in the first place. Touch three people and tell them I'm about to make a comeback. And when I come back, I'm coming back stronger. I've been pulled in pieces. Mentally. Spiritually. Financially. In my marriage. 
I don't know what it is in your life. You need to understand all that God is doing is allowing space for Him to put you back together. Once He puts you back together, you'll never be torn in that place again. I feel like shouting right there. You may have touched me there once, but when I come back, you'll never be able to touch me like that again. You'll never be able to break me like that again. I'm about to make a comeback. My healing is in the rain. Pulled in pieces. Torn but not forgotten. You may have broke me in that season. You may have broke me in that situation, but I won't lay there very long. You better get your laughs in right now. Hear the prophet say, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, because when I fall, I shall arise. I'm about to make a comeback, and when I come back, I'll be stronger than I've ever been in my life. I want you to confess that to somebody right now. I'm coming back, and when I come back, I'll be stronger than I've ever been in my life. There is a strength that is about to take place in my weakness. That's my promise. He said, my strength, I want to run and need to preach, will be perfected in the places you are weak he hath torn but he's about to put me back together he won't leave you in pieces long hallelujah and always understand this to give you on another level you have to be willing to be broken on the level you're at hear the voice of Christ as he sits at dinner with his disciples one last time your Bible says that he took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, and he gave the bread. Everybody likes when God takes us, takes us out of fear, takes us out of sin, takes us out of a toxic situation. And we love when he blesses. Don't you act like you don't like to be blessed. Look at all these folk over here. Who likes to be blessed? We love the blessing of God. We love the favor of God. But we don't enjoy the breaking seasons. But it's because we don't understand the process of God. You can't be given on another level until you are willing to be broken on this level. God said, I'm about to give you on a completely different dimension. But I've got to break you first. You've been torn. But you will be healed. I love the affirmative that Hosea speaks in. He has torn and he will heal. Oh, don't you like that? Just as sure as you're going to walk through some moments that rip your soul in two. You're going to walk through some moments that confound your mind. You can be as absolutely as sure that God is going to show up in a healing touch over your life. 
I believe there is about to be a healing release in this building tonight for soul scars. You know what we've almost forgotten to do in the body of Christ? We're so enamored with physical healing. And understand, I believe our God is a healer. We are in the room with a man who has the gift of healing. It is an important part of our culture, our DNA, to believe God for physical healing. I can tell you this is a whole lot more folks that are in anguish over soul scars, mental anguish, the spirits of depression, paranoia and fear. I came in here tonight under the authority of Almighty God, and I'm telling you, you're not leaving. Oh, Jesus, you're not leaving this house until you are healed under the power of God. Yeah. Just throw your hand up and say, he's healing me right now. He's breaking the chains off my mind. I am being healed. Come on. Let's return to the Lord. For he is torn. And he will heal. I declare healing for soul scars. Isaiah declared he was wounded for our transgressions. I hear the Holy Ghost in here. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I dare you. Oh, I feel God in here. If you know you have been laboring under the anguish of mental, soulish torture, I just want you to throw your hands up right now and say, I'm healed. Come on, say it. I'm healed. I was wounded in my past, but I'm healed. I was broken in pieces in my past, but I am in the presence of God being put back together. And when I come back, I'll be fortified. He hath torn, and he will. That's what you call an affirmative. Hallelujah. But you have to understand something. You have to choose healing. Tell your neighbor, you've got to choose it. God asked the man at the pool of Bethesda a peculiar question. Will you be made whole? See, your healing is not entirely up to God. Your healing is up to you. You know, some people, they wouldn't know what to do without that crutch. They wouldn't know how to act completely healed. Right? They leaned on that thing for so long and blamed stuff on that thing for so long and used that as a crutch for so long, they don't know what they would do if God removed that from their life. Will you be made whole? You've got to ask yourself a question tonight. Am I ready for wholeness? Am I ready for healing? Have I leaned on this to the place that I'm addicted to the sympathy? I'm addicted to this pattern of behavior. I'm telling you tonight, there is authority in this room to break those chains off your mind. 
I speak to every mind bondage in this room and tell you your minutes are numbered in the name of Jesus. That thing is coming off of your mind. That cloud of depression is moving away from your life. On. Let's return to the Lord. For He hath torn, but the good news is He's going to put us back together. Hallelujah. I said He's putting us back together. He is putting us back together. Hallelujah. Go to verse 2. I'm going to hurry. Some of y'all were wondering if I was going to use all three verses. I'm, I'm going I'm to try. Just look at your neighbor and say, when it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Verse 2 says this. After two days. Say two days. Two days. <clears throat> he will revive us. The word revive means to breathe life into. I believe tonight you're about to get your breath back. Some of you walked in here, life has got you out of breath. Your situation has completely taken the breath out of you. But I declare prophetically over your life and your future, you're about to get your breath. Oh, Jesus, you're about to get your breath back. You're about to catch your breath after two days. Now, the Bible is full of cycles and patterns. God is a God of cycle and pattern and process. And so when we see frames of time referenced like this, we have to dig in a little bit and understand that prophetically, his patterns act as mile markers. Now, I, I'm not a... No, my daddy was a traveling preacher. I, I, I guess I grew up in an airplane age. I don't want to drive to the hamburger spot down the street from my house. I don't like to drive. I want to get an airplane and wake up there. Spoiled. But my daddy was a driver. Son, he would make up excuses to drive across the country. And it was funny to me, you know, because back in the days when I was growing up, dad was traveling, preaching camp meetings and youth camps, and he liked to talk on the CB. I I just lost this crowd completely. Who who knows what I'm talking about? Look at all y'all. Hey, you know, break a one nine, break a one nine. You know, he had a, he had a, I don't know, what do you call those? A, a handle. Woo! He had his own handle. He'd let people know who he was, you know. But it was amazing to me how all of those men, even as a young boy, I noticed this, how they identified with the mile markers. It let them know they had traveled so much exactly where they were on the journey. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be ignorant of the season that I'm in. I want God, hallelujah, to help me be like the, the sons of Issachar that understood the times and the seasons. These patterns give us a mile marker to help us understand where we are in terms of God's prophetic timeline. So he says after two days. Everybody say two days. Two days. Now the Bible says a day. I'm just waiting on you. A day with the Lord is as a... Th- 
and a thousand years is as a... So two days would put us in the last century. In the second day, he said, I'm going to breathe. You start in 1900 with the revival at Azusa Street. There was an awakening on this continent. Then in the Appalachian Mountains, oh Jesus, where I live in Kentucky, God's country, there was a second awakening of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then we had the word of faith renewal, the charismatic renewal, the healing revivals. All took place giving our wind back, giving purpose back to the church. But can I tell you, when we stepped over the year 2000, we stepped into God's prophetic third day, and He said in the third day, there is about to be a raise up. Everything dead in your life is about to come back to life. In the third day, He said, I'm going to raise you up. Everybody do this with me. Come on, do it one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a lift? Because God's about to give you one. You couldn't have made this step, but when God lifts you up, you're, you're about to skip four, five, ten, fifteen steps. God is... In Ephesians, how much time do I have? What time is it in here? Well, no, there is a time that I need to be done. And y'all don't know me that well. I preach all night. In Ephesians, it says this. That he hath raised us up together and made us to sit with Christ in Heavenly places. You know, sometimes a lift helps you gain perspective. There's some things you can't see the right way from where you sit. Everybody in this room is sitting in a different seat, which means you got a different view. Maybe, just possibly, it's not the storm you're walking through that's so bad. It's just the way you look at it. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes what you need more than anything else is for God to lift you to a vantage point that shifts your perspective. I love flying out of Louisville in the middle of the rain. And in about 20 seconds... You burst through that cloud cover, and it's like a brand new day. And you know what? I'm reminded when that happens that there's still a storm going on down there, but my perspective has changed. Hallelujah. Some of you in this house, you don't need relief from the storm. God's empowered you to walk through it. But what you do need is a new perspective said, he's going to raise us up, give us a lift, yeah. and cause us to be seated, amen, in, whew, in a heavenly place. First of all, you need to know, you know, everybody likes assigned seats. You, you like a reserved seat. Yeah. See, here we got. 
Yeah. You will never activate your true purpose until you sit in your reserve seat. Some of you can never experience real victory because you're sitting in a seat that was not designated for you. You have an assigned and reserved seat. But you have to be willing to allow God to lift you into that heavenly place. Everybody say heavenly. This is a Greek word. Epi, E-P-I. And it means a superimposition of time, place, and order. Heavenly. Now, I'm not a computer whiz. I brought one. But I, 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 I'm a breaker. That's what Matt calls me. It's good to have my greatest partner in ministry outside of my family, my wife. Matt Baum and Christy Baum are the greatest gifts God ever gave a pastor, and I want to say I love you. Anyways, Matt fixes. He's a fixer, and I'm a breaker. But I do understand the dynamics of Photoshop. You know, in Photoshop, you can take a picture of the Eiffel Tower, even though you ain't never been to no Paris. Kentucky, Paris, Kentucky maybe, but you ain't. And you can take a picture of you and you can click and drag your picture. You standing like this and then you put it on Facebook and write the caption, this is how I do it. Like you've been in Paris for the week. That's the dynamic of Photoshop, right? God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to click and drag you into a time and a place and a season you don't have no business in. You never even dreamed possible. I'm about to lift you into a level of faith that transforms your life. Hallelujah. Say, lift me up, God. Lift me up. In the third day, hallelujah. He's going to raise us up. You know what this is? This is a position of favor. You better get ready for your gift to start making room for you. You better get ready for favor to fall on your life in a way that you never dreamed possible. You better get ready for a phone call you never thought would happen. Somebody in a room you've never been in has got your name on their lips. Somebody is about to pull you up as a result of the favor that's on your life. It's a season of the lift. It's a season of being raised up into the presence, the power, and the purpose of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me finish here. Look at verse 3. Then we'll know. Circle the word then in your Bible. There you go. Then. That's good. If you don't have a Bible, you can write in, put that one in a museum and get you one. Amen. Everybody say then. Then. Then is predicated on the previous verbs. It is a word that signifies after that, then this. 
Are you understanding? So watch this. You thought you knew. But he says this. Then shall we know. Well, what happened before then? I got broken. What is he saying? You couldn't know until you went through that. You'll never know me like you will know me until you square your shoulders and brave the storm you're in. He said, after I was torn, after I was broken, then nothing will inform you about your God like Him showing up in the middle of your fiery furnace. You'll never know God like you'll know Him. Some of you don't understand, but your greatest instruction is God has taken place right in the middle of your storm. You are learning things about God you couldn't learn in other, any other season of your life. You can't learn this on the mountaintop. You can't learn this when all your bills are paid. You can't learn this until you go to the hospital with your body broken in pain. But then, I need to talk to some people that have a then I'm going to know kind of testimony. I know him like I couldn't have known him because I suffered through the storm. I got to quit. Then we'll know. Watch. If we follow on to know. One of the greatest frustrations I have as a pastor is that people get in God. They build a house and just stay there for the rest of their life. God told His people, I don't want you to build no sturdy structures. You're going to live in tents. You know why? Because we're on the move. We're going from one place to another. I don't want you to get comfortable. I don't want you to get lethargic. I don't want you to compromise the purpose that we were brought together. We're on the move. We are a marching, moving force. Listen, church, we've got to continue. Hallelujah. We've got to follow on. That's finished. His going forth is prepared as the morning. You know, there's something significant about the presence of God. Every time God shows up, it marks the beginning of a brand new day. He said, every time God shows up, something new happens in my life. Every time God shows up, even though I've wept through the midnight hour, weeping endures for a night. But when He shows up, joy has got to show up with Him. I'm going to tell you this tonight, God is about to visit you and it's going to begin a brand new day in your life. You need to stop looking over your shoulders. You need to stop looking back into your past because God says, I'm about to show up. And when I do, it's going to signify the beginning of a brand new day in your life. I don't care how long your marriage has been in that shape. I don't care how long you've been in that financial situation. When I show up, I'm going to show up in a brand new day is going forth is prepared as the morning isn't that amazing every time God shows up he begins something new in our lives he breaks off the old and initiates something absolutely new in each and every one of our lives I believe he's going to show up for somebody in this room tonight (laughs) and he shall come Unto us has the rain. Isn't that beautiful? God is about to fall 
in your life again like the rain. I believe there is a rain that is coming in your life that will wash you, renew you, restore you, refresh you, revive you, and revolutionize everything about your life. And this rain isn't hitting some part or parcel. This rain is about to be a gully washer, deluge, overflow, downpour. Let me walk you through this. I read this two months ago, and it has arrested my life, arrested me. And I'm an inquisitive guy. I don't take much at face value. I'm a digger. I want to hear it for myself, know it for myself, learn it for myself. I don't take a whole lot of people's word for it. I want to learn. If Hosea, looking through the telescope of time, could see a season in the body of Christ where God fell on His people like rain. I want to understand how does rain fall. So I begin to do some research. Now I'm no meteorologist, but I can read. And rain is a part of what they call the cycle of water. That cycle is initiated by the sun, the S-U-N. Everything in this cycle of water is initiated. Oh, I hear something in that. Can I tell you nothing in your life can be initiated unless he's the one that initiates it. Everything in your life works as he initiates it. The sun shines upon the earth. And it comes looking for water. Can I tell you when God shows up in your life, you know what he looks for? Himself. He said, when I come to the earth, will I find faith? What's faith? But steadfast belief that he is who he says he is, can do what he says he can do. He said, when I come to earth, I want to know, will I find myself? How much of me is in you. How much? You understand that the water, right? Isaiah said that the word comes down out of heaven like snow and rain. So when the sun shines down, the S-O-N, what he's looking for is the word. How much water? You know how much of the human body is made up of water? Now you understand what happens. The sun heats that water and that water evaporates. It takes on another form. Did you know there's more than one form in you? If there wasn't, then Romans 12.2 could not be a possibility because Romans 12.2 says, Be ye transformed. What is that? That's dealing with another form that's on the inside of you. The you that everybody sees and knows isn't the only you that is present. There is another supernatural being resident on the inside of you who is not a lot like you, but is a whole lot like your God. There is another form on the inside of you. And, the, and it says, the cycle of water says that water evaporates, takes on another form. It literally vanishes. 
Go home this, uh, uh, tomorrow in the middle of the sun, spray water all over your driveway and see how long that it stays that way. What's happening? Evaporation. When God comes in your life, the disciple, the, the apostle said it like this, let there be less of me so there could be when God's presence shines upon your life, there'll be pieces of you that seem to vanish. There'll be traits in you that seem to disappear. That water then condenses into clouds. Now understand, a cloud is made up of dust, smoke, fumes, so you have to understand that what is going to catch your blessing are the ashes of your life. See, you've looked at what you've gone through and you've said, I'll never be the same. Ooh, that's the point. You're right, you're never going to be the same. Hallelujah. And that thing you went through, those ashes of your life are collecting your refreshing. That thing that broke you will be the thing that has to turn around and bless you. That thing that almost drove you crazy will be the thing that turns around and gives you joy. Your clouds are collecting your miracle tonight. In the wind, pastor relocates those clouds. You notice it don't rain everywhere. It just rains somewhere. Can I tell you that it may not be raining across town. But at your house it's going to rain. It may not be raining next door. But in your living room it's about to come down. The wind repositions the clouds. Then it says that the water condenses... And gets heavy. You know what condense means? To concentrate. Everybody say concentrate. concentrate. Now concentrate has a lot of different meanings. If you're talking about mental, mind, concentration. right? It is a focus on purpose. But to concentrate means... Well, let me put it this way. My wife, my beautiful queen, we just celebrated... 24 years on the 28th of May. Now watch this. She's one of those doTERRA oil ladies. How many of you ladies ascribe to these oils? Let me see your hand. It's not a sin. Look at all the hands over here. None of y'all. You looked at them and said, no. Well, the other, firstly, ever since she got into this deal, you can't tell her you're sick. Because she will have you slipping and sliding in oil all over your body. My boys come to me and they say, Dad, take me to the doctor. I said, well, go, go tell Mom what's wrong. No, I don't want to tell Mom what's wrong with you. She'll rub oil all over me. I want some real medicine. Thank God. I need real medicine. I don't want those oils. So we laugh at it. But the other morning... My sink is over here, and her sink's over here, so I can look at her in the mirror while I'm brushing my teeth. She's brushing her teeth, I'm brushing my teeth, so I'm, I'm just brushing away. Well, I look at her, she takes a bottle of that oil and puts it on her toothbrush. 
I said, hold, I'm putting my foot down. This, this is not happening in my house. I will not allow this kind of activity. What are you doing? And so she just wanted to tell me. She said, this is lemon oil. Oh, okay. She said, two drops on your toothpaste whitens your teeth naturally. Well, I said, well, what are you doing hogging it? Put some on my toothbrush. What's the matter with you? You're the only one going to have white teeth in the house. You know, she told me, Pastor, one drop has the same potency of 50 lemons. Whew. That's what I call concentrated. When God releases what he is about to do in your life, what I'm trying to tell you is just one touch. Oh, Jesus is more than enough to do what you need him to do. It gets heavy, and then it falls to the earth. Hallelujah. It falls into our lives. But watch this. This is, get it back up here. Can you put it on the screens or is this my, just me? Get it. That's all right. I can read it off here. Because I want you to see it. I'm not preaching out of a trick Bible because I'm closing. This is closing number one. Y'all ready? <laughs> he shall come as the rain. Watch. As the latter and former rain to the earth. Now hold on a second. Because we preach this as the former latter. In fact, is everywhere else in your Bible it says former latter. I want to preach this to you tonight and tell you when God comes in this season, He said, I'm breaking the pattern. I set forth the pattern of the former and the latter. I was the one that created that pattern in the children of Israel so that they could depend on a harvest. He said, but when I come to you this time, I'm breaking the form and I'm breaking the pattern. I'm taking your ladder. I'm going to send it first. Hallelujah. I'm going to take what should have taken three years, four years, and I'm about to drag that. I'm cutting the pattern. I'm disposing of the process. And I'm about to put what should have been later in your life right now. I want to prophesy to business owners in this room and tell you your plan, your five-year plan is about to become a five-week plan because God is about to move your ladder and put it in place of your former. Everybody in this room on your feet. I'm not done, but I'm going to quit. I believe this, Pastor Dosick. I believe that God is about to dispose of the natural process. He said, in this season, I'm not coming like you think. I'm not coming like you expect. When I show up, I'm going to break natural 
and normal protocols. Some of you need to know in this house, God is speeding up your future. God is about to bring his church. Now listen to me. God doesn't have 20 years for us to figure this thing out. The harvest is right now. You know what he does here? He starts with the harvest rain and then moves to the planting rain. This is that season where reapers overtake sowers. This is that season where you reap where you did not sow. This is that season where God breaks. I prophesy that over this church. You're, you're going, listen, you're going to have things that you thought was going to take a year is going to take six weeks. you got plans for the next five years that are going to take place in five months. As God says, I'm doing away with the natural protocol. I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to move your ladder into the place of your former. Instead of you having to sow and wait and pray and believe, I'm going to send you a harvest. And out of that will come your seed. Father, in the next 10 minutes, I ask you to wreck this room with divine and present glory. I ask you, Father God, for those who have been walking through wounded seasons, that they would find you tonight as a healer. I pray over this house, Father, that you would send a season of rain that shifts us into a new dimension of faith and moves us beyond the natural and normal protocols. It's time for a bumper harvest. It's time for pressed down, shaken together, running over, kind of ridiculous breakthrough that changes us for time and eternity. We're ready for a present day Pentecost. We're not comfortable with the residue of past moves of God. We're throwing away our mechanical irrigation. We're digging ditches and asking you to fall like rain in our lives again. Lift your hands all over this room, all over this room, and open up your mouth. And let's begin to respond to God. Tell him, I hear your invitation. And tonight, Father God, I leave so that I might run to your side. Come on, lift those hands, lift those voices. Yes, God. Come on, sing, sing, sing. Feel the rain of I feel something divine in the room. Come on, say.
opening stanza. And I know I've done this for long enough to understand. God never sends you for everybody, but He always sends you for somebody. If you're in this place tonight, and I want you to understand something. I believe, practice, and in this church, I have laid hands some nights on everybody present. I want to tell you something. This ain't about me. But if you can hear and your baby is jumping on the inside of you and something in you says there's got to be more than what I have experienced, what I have known and what I have felt. And your life is ready and you are postured for the release of the reign of God. When she sings this song, I don't want you to walk. I want you to run out of your seat, get in this altar, and lift up your voice. And let's begin to tell him we're ready. I see the wells longing once again to be filled. There's a revival in you, says God. He's about to awaken some old dreams. I don't know what dreams that you've had that have long since perished. Life happened and you let them go. God said, I'm about to awaken those dreams again. I am about to stir the waters of your soul and I'm about to pour down upon you says God the former and the latter all together somebody shout for me in here say Lord it rains. 
Get in here. You get in there with them. All these men. Get in there. Women, I'll get you in a second. Get in here. Lock arms. All these men. Get, get it. Get it. Get in. Lock arms. Hurry. Hurry. Lock arms. Look at these young men want to get in. Get in here. Get in here. I feel this thing. Does anybody else feel what? I just feel like we need to praise him for a minute for what he's about to do. guys you young men come this way yeah, there you go link arms link arms link arms link arms link arms you know what you're doing I want you to listen to me when I looked down here I heard Joel's prophetic declaration Watch this. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall see visions. Young men will dream dreams. I hear this tonight. This group of men is about to have activated the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel it in here right now. Somebody help me praise God right now.
Let me, let me tell you what I feel. God is calling forth lions. And I don't care what life has turned you into. I prophesy to you, there is a lion on the inside of you that is about to roar for the very first time. There is a lion inside some of these young men that is about to roar for the very first time. Father, I pray for a downpour in this youth ministry. I pray that these young men would begin to take up the mantle of leadership, that they would not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I prophesy to their futures. I prophesy mantles and gifts and anointings upon their life that wield as a sword in the earth. Here's what we're going to do. Keep those arms locked. Because God has given rise to mighty men in the body of Christ again. We're going to lead our families and we're going to lead our church. We're going to learn how to flow in the gifts. We're going to have learn how to operate in the anointing. We're not going to be ashamed. And I believe this. Some of you, so proud and dignified, in about two minutes, all that pride is about to be broken off your life. And in its place, there's going to be left a praise that will confound the enemy that has been standing against your progress. Oh, I, my God, I feel this. On the count of three, I want you to roar like David's mighty men. I want you to roar until back at your house. It begins to ring through your living room into your teenager's house. I want you to roar until it lets the neighborhood where you live know that there is a lion in the midst. Hallelujah. I want you to roar until it wakes up the region that there is a church that is ready to portray the latter rain in the earth. On three, lift your voice. One, two, I believe that there is a sound that can break generational curses. Some of you that are fathers, the noise you are about to make is going to break the curse that has existed in your family for years. Your son will never go through it.
He'll never have that tendency or proclivity after this night. And I want you to lose your dignity and your pride. And when this thing hits you the right way, I want you to emote the only way you feel. I don't care how that is. Somebody's going to run, dance, roll, shout, fall to the floor. But you are about to make a sound. Listen, if you have a struggling marriage, hold on a second. If you have a struggling marriage, I'm telling you what I believe. That you are about to make a sound breaks the bondage if you're working through financial difficulty now understand a, a sound will not give you wisdom financially but a sound can change your direction and I believe there's a lion in the house tonight I, I mean there's a current flowing down here I can see it I want you to give in to it we're gonna shout one more time I want this to not be you shouting. I want it to be the you inside of you. I want you to make a noise that causes the rafters in this place to reverberate under the power of God. Father, I'm asking you, we put the heavens on notice. We're about to send you a sound that breaks open. Watch this. Watch this. One of the things that you'll notice right before the rain is that there is a crack of thunder. You know what thunder is? It is a sound created by two seasons coming together. It's warm air and cold air colliding that creates that sound. See, right now you're in the middle between one season and another. And when that sound is made, watch this, Thunder, you, you ever been in your house and it thunder hard enough that it kind of reverberates? Is that me making that sound? Sorry. But that reverberation acts in the clouds too. So that reverberation will shake rain loose. Oh my God. From the cloud that's situated over your life. Ladies, this is your time to get involved too. We are about to reverberate the cloud that is positioned over our lives for breakthrough. Are you ready? On three, I want you to lift your voice and give God a shout that He can work with. On three, one, two, three, let loose.
Lord, a great praise all over the room today. more thing and I'm done I know it's a little late but it's the last night of meeting I am a card carrying member of the Choctaw Indian tribe I was raised in Norman Oklahoma where my folks still live and I got enamored as a child, as a young man, about my culture, and I sought to learn more. And I enjoyed the opportunity to kind of see my roots and go back in history. But you know, there was a, one thing that caught my heart. One of the largest powwows on earth is held right there in Norman. It's called Red Earth. And I would go every year and I would watch all the dancers. They'd beat them drums and sing them songs and dance and I just thought it was spectacular. One of these powwows, a couple of my very close friends were contestants in the dance-off. And they invited me to sit around the drum, and I didn't know the songs, but I was pretty good. I could keep beat. And we're just sitting down there on the floor, and there are thousands of people, and we're playing drums, and they're singing, and I'm watching the dancers. One of my buddies looked across the drum at me, and he said, you know what, you know what they're dancing, don't you? And I said, well, no. He said, this, is a rain dance <laughs> and I said so explain that to me so they would dance these dances and sing these songs in the rain no 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 he said no they would dance these dances and sing these songs in expectation that it's gonna rain And you know what I feel like, and I've never done this in my life. And I, but I'm about to. I don't, you want me to change mics with you? Thank you. I'm sorry, Mr. Sound Guy. I don't know what your particular rain dance is going to look like. Because I don't know how desperate you are for rain. But in red clay, Oklahoma, we had droughts that would be months and months and months and that red clay would split, split apart two inches. But they didn't sit there on their hands. Their faith was misguided, ours is not. And tonight, right before we get out of here, we're going to sing Let It Rain and however you feel like dancing your dance. See, some of you old folks, listen, you're about to get that dream back. You're going to be the biggest dancers in the whole house. 
Father, I pray tonight while we stand and praise in your presence that at their house, at my house, that a rain is beginning to fall out of the heavens, a rain that purifies, cleanses, and makes whole again in the name of Jesus. I dare you to take a second where you are and give God a thinking there's something in there you want but God is going to begin to speak visions and dreams to you I don't know who does this men's group Come, stand right there I don't know who does this men's group but you better get ready because you're about to have some firebrands on your hands God put men back in our homes put men back in our churches that are not ashamed of the rain in their life. Hallelujah. Just receive it. God said, you're asking and begging for something that I've already given you. You just need to learn the posture to receive in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands. Here. Some of you that have dealt with mental anguish, depression, fear, paranoia. I break that spirit off of your mind in the name of Jesus. You are not subject to lesser powers. You are filled with the power of God. I speak joy into your future. Whew. I speak peace into your future. I speak absolute and complete total freedom into your future. 
You cannot be a liberator until you have been liberated. I liberate you tonight in your mind. You are not subject to those thoughts and those fears. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let the rain fall on our mothers. Oh, hallelujah. There's a current of refreshing. Listen, if it's been dry in your heart, if it's been a long time since you've really connected and felt God, just lift your hands because that refreshing is in the house tonight. Be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Fresh in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I love you, young men. I'm proud of you proud of you. Let those young lions that are on inside of you come out. Be a firebrand plucked for the glory of God. It's time for the rain to fall. Aren't you thankful for the rain of the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful for a Pentecostal experience? Come on, aren't you thankful for the glory? Hallelujah. I want you to do me a favor. I, Pastor Dosig has asked me to receive an offering, and I want to be faithful to do that, but I want to say something about it first. Farmers in Oklahoma would suffer through such drought that sometimes they would go year after year after year with a ruined harvest, meaning that it wouldn't, the harvest wouldn't cover what it cost to plant it. And I remember hearing about these farmers and they were doing what they called seeding the heavens. And they would absolutely, Job, in the book of Job, it talks about this, that the rain comes according to the vapor thereof. Tonight, your seed is going to be a part of that vapor. We're going to seed the heavens, because I believe this, not just in this house. This is a house of revival, a house of miracles, and a house of faith. I'm not talking about this house as much as I'm talking about your house. God is about to show up in glory at your house. And I want you to do this tonight. I want every one of you, and I, I've never done this in this church, and I may be reprimanded and never be able to do it again. But this is what I feel. Pentecost is represented by the number 50, Penta. If you hear that, I want you to go get a seed in your hand as close to $50 as humanly possible. And I want you to prepare. I'm going to let Pastor Dosk receive it because I don't know exactly how you do that. But I want every person in this room 
that possibly can. Young men, you guys get together and get a seed all together of $50. If you got to go borrow it from your parents, say, listen, we are going to sow a Pentecost seed tonight. Hurry, hurry. Some of you can do and you're, listen, your desperation will call for more than that, but I want every person in this room that can and that hears to get a $50 seed in your hand because we're going to break something over the glass that's withstood and kept us from the refreshing and the overflow that God wants to send. Everybody in this room, move quickly. I won't belabor it. I know you've got to go home. you got work tomorrow. I'm going to be tomorrow night in Kenton. We're going to have church in Kenton tomorrow. Pastor Dosik, would you inform them? Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know that I believe in that a prophet seed will produce a prophet's reward. And the Bible says as we receive spiritual things, then we return our carnal things. You know, when we receive things, I have this thing that I do. Uh, kind of like Samson's mother and father. When they received the promise, a word from God about their son, they offered up a sacrifice. Whenever I have something happen in my life, even as some of us would think as trivial as being slain in the Holy Ghost, I mark that thing of value and I do it with an offering and every time God speaks to me I mark that date I mark that time with an offering I would never receive something of great value from God without giving value back to him I just couldn't do it it, it wouldn't be fair for he's given me far more riches and wealth than I have given him so when I receive this infusion of life a seed of life a, a revelation a word from God for my season then I realize that I want to put a value on it put a value on it so tonight as we give to brother Ronnie Harrison that you know we're putting a value on the seed and if you put a value on something that it always holds a place of precedent in your life so father in the name of jesus we thank you for the word tonight god oh god we thank you for the word that has transformed us god we thank you father for the work that you've done on the inside of us god we give you the praise and the glory for it in jesus mighty name amen and amen stand your feet and bring your seed and before you leave i want to do just one more thing and I want to pray for a couple of people and we're just going to see God do great things. How many of you are glad you come tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, and I am still the pastor here Sunday. I'm not being voted out. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
where, where is that, uh, those people they, they brought? Charlie, you brought somebody tonight, had several surgeries, and uh, where are you, Carol? Are you here? Do I see Carol? Oh, Charlie. All right. Uh, is he, can he, he can't move? Okay. All right. Good deal. Hallelujah. Remember they carried that guy in, Brother Jesse was here and laid him on the pew and he couldn't walk or anything and God raised him up, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, they're not here. They didn't come. Okay. All righty. Well, praise God. Listen, you want to be healed, you need to be in the house. Amen. Is this one of the girls that a... She's a friend of one of our girls. Yeah. All right. Her name is uh, Abby. Abby. Abby is re uh, not rela is not responding to a... So they say she's brain dead. They're giving her 72 hours. 72 hours. Well, I've known people that have been dead in this church and been raised. So, you know, I, th I think that God can do it a distance. Amen. I really believe this, folks. It's not, I, hallelujah. I remember Mary Gilbert's daughter. They laid her on the bed in the hospital, and uh, they said they didn't put any tubes in her. They said she's in a drug coma. She's never going to make it till the morning. And they said, uh, there's no sense in us doing anything. Mom said, well, don't do any heroics. And, uh, so they asked me to go pray for her, and I waited till the Lord said, do it at 9 o'clock. So I walked in the room at 9 o'clock, and I told her, I said, I want to tell you something. You're going to come out of this coma, and you're going to live, and you're not going to die. 10 o'clock the next, 1030 the next morning, when I went to take the platform, somebody yelled and said, hey, Pastor, that girl that was in that coma was going to die. She just sat up in the bed and came back to life. Now listen to me. God only only is limited when we withdraw our faith let's not withdraw it praise god we don't deny their reports but we don't deny the lord's report amen we understand what they said but we also understand what god has said amen so we're going to pray for abby tim where are you all right everybody stretch your forth your hand towards tim father in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i speak to this abby God, in the name of Jesus Christ, as Jesus sent the word, I command right now, God, that Abby's mind come back to life. And I command you, you devil, you spirit of death, I command you to come out of her. And God, I loose the working of miracles right now. Abby, live in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, for your glory, we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, that's just how simple it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I know you've been blessed tonight, and I've been blessed, and praise God. It's been a great four nights, but when you've been infused with this, don't let it stop. Amen? Keep it alive. See, what you've, what you, what you've been refilled with, you can keep. Amen? And there has been a process. You know, when that rain evaporated, it came down in a concentrated form. Amen? And so it's kind of like God would dry you up so that you would be moved by his spirit to another place that he could pour out something that you had never had so that the latter form is greater 
than the former and that there is a transformation from glory to glory. Come on, could I get an amen? And that you are putting off that old because it's been left in the clouds, but God has poured out something new. And all we have to do is just stand up and begin to embrace it. Thank God. Don't let it go. Don't hunker down. Don't back down. Don't fall down. Don't run away and just say, this is where I stand. This is where God's Spirit has brought me. This is where I am. And I will see the promises and the victorious life that God has called me and declared over my life in Jesus' name. Now, you've been equipped with something the last four nights that will transform you. Now, if you leave here and just be yourself, then you'll be yourself. Or you can dare to believe God. I don't know about you. I'm going to dare to believe God. I'm going to dare to believe God. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost, the breath of his uh, mouth breathing upon us and causing us to be stirred and be made alive in the areas of our soul, God, that we may not have been alive before. God, we just thank you that our minds, God, have been refreshed. God's souls have been renewed. Souls have been healed. Oh, God, we thank you that every word that you spoke is to us as individuals. There's nobody else in this sanctuary, but every individual, God, by their self. You preached to the individuals. You just didn't preach to a crowd. You preached to individuals. And God, shackles have been broken. Things have been loosed. God, we have loosed the outpouring of your spirit in our life. And God, we thank you. Go with them, God. Keep us from all unrighteousness. God, as we come back together under the banner of Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.